Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to a very special internationally focused Friday show. One that sees an Englishman, Scotsman and Welshman walk into a virtual bar and select the worst England 11 of all time. If that sounds like the start of a terrible joke, then just wait for the punchlines. A bunch of mediocre players who warranted international recognition about as much as I deserve to wake up next to Gemma Arterton each and every morning. Separating the hoddle and the waddles from the competition winners should be an easy task. That is, until it's acknowledged just how many competition winners there have been down the years. Some discerning judges, therefore, are needed, which is why I'm so happy today to have two of them in the form of Lloyd and Ali. Hi, Lloyd. Are you there? Are you well? Good morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I'd like to think I'm Welsh today. Um, Lovely. You are an adopted <laughs> Welshman. Welcome. We're all, we're all Welsh today. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm good. Thanks, Steve. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we need we need an Englishman on here, otherwise we're going to get some letters. So uh, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a footly in both camps today from yourself, uh, just a, straddling that border. Ali, are you there? Are you well? I am here and I'm well, and there are a few things I enjoy more hmm. than uh, sitting down to uh, to think about terrible England performances. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not suggesting for a minute that you are uh, a typical Scotsman, indeed, like I'm a typical Welshman, but w- when I put this kind of message out and said, I'm thinking of doing the worst England 11, you were the first person to reply. <laughs> Quite quickly as well. <laughs> Very quickly, wasn't it? I hadn't even finished said I'd present yet. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to enjoy this. Um, Okay, well, it's an obvious place to start. Let's start with the goalkeepers. Um, I'm going to start with you, Lloyd. Um, Oh, I should say before we start as well, me and Ali came up with the kind of uh, mandate to where each player must have five caps minimum. I don't think you got that message, Lloyd, so there's a couple of one-cap wonders from you, which is fine. It's absolutely fine. But um, just to kind of um, explain that, your first selection, Lloyd, got well. He got quite a number of caps, I think. Um, who's who's the worst? I think he just got five. Yeah. Oh, did he? Right. I okay. Think, I think. I think. I can. I can check whilst we're doing it, but I, I can rewrite it because I've actually got a longer list. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you don't have to. Honestly, it's fine. It's fine. But uh, who is your keeper? So, who's your worst keeper? So. I mean, from my from my memory, it was two. It was either Rob Green, given the uh, performance against America, which I remember quite vividly. But I also remember Richard Wright scoring a, a terrible OG um, hmm. on one of his first games. Uh, Richard Wright now of City's Parish, I think. I think he's one of our goalkeeping coaches, isn't he? Um so I think yeah I just remember that performance um, and yeah I think he only played for England like five or six times I'm going to check that um, but I just, I just remember him looking you know just, I mean this is basically this list but some players just go up to that level and you know just do not look like yes. they can wear the shirt yeah he was a decent um, keeper it has to be said but yeah I, I completely agree he wasn't international level there is that jump up isn't it but do you not think? I think that's kind of the case with all the players. I mean, they're all like decent. They are all decent players. In their, well, uh, that's true. There are some that are terrible, but um, you know, they're, they're all of a, of a standard to get selected for. Yeah, of course. Team. Yeah. So they're you know they're not. They're all like decent Premier League players or decent 
you know, some sort of standard player. So, yeah, I think it had had to be Richard Wright. I did feel a bit bad because he's now associated with us, but he was the one that like jumped to mind for me. Okay, uh, Ali, you've gone for Lloyd's alternative. Is that correct? I have indeed. Although before I before I even uh, mention that, I want to add to what Lloyd just said. As I was putting this list together, I was very conscious of the fact that all of the all of the players we are talking about this morning, whoever we pick, uh, all of them ascended to somewhere very near the pinnacle of the world's most popular sport, mm. and every single one of them was an elite athlete who had skills and levels of commitment and and dedication and achievement that none of us three doofuses could even dream of <laughs> and I am, I am well aware of the uh, the ironies of uh, three uh, superannuated podcasters sitting around with their cup of coffee slagging off some of the uh, most high, highly accomplished uh, sportsmen in the history of England. They're, they're the worst of the best is what you're saying. <laughs> so so I'm, whatever I say over the next uh, half hour, 45 minutes or whatever I would like everyone to bear that in mind yeah. and now i've got that off my chest yeah i did go for uh for lloyd's alternative of the unfortunate rob green um and i thought and uh, yeah richard wright was one i looked at and there was a couple of others i looked at as well you know like fraser forster what had fantastic moments at celtic and then one or two at southampton but never really quite uh, cut it at England level, and there was a few others like that. Particularly, there was a, there was a period in the nineties, kind of between uh, the the Shilton and and Seaman years, mm. um, where Jeff they couldn't get it right for a while. But no, when when all is said and done, that moment against USA uh, was the kind of. Only goalkeepers can have moments like that that entirely overshadow their career. I don't know if you remember the sitcom Drop the Dead Donkey. There was an episode of that where they got a new football correspondent in who had been a, a professional goalkeeper and who 20 years earlier had made an almighty howler <laughs> in an FA Cup match or something, which no one could ever talk about anything else. And it had completely destroyed him. And, uh, and they showed the clip of it when he was, when he was uh, coming on. And he just descended into a gibbering pile of jelly who could no longer talk because he'd just seen the clip of what he'd just done. And poor Rob Green, yeah, he had that moment when, uh, who was it, Clint Dempsey took the shot, I think, and it dribbled towards him with all the energy of a, like a, a wind-up Thomas the Tank Engine toy <laughs> and then somehow hit a worm and bubbled over his hand and in the back of the net. And it just summed up everything that was awful about England in that World Cup. So, yeah, Rob Green gets a shout. I've... My shout got 53 caps. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But it's more what he represented than who he was, to be fair. And indeed, he does have a City connection, and it's David James. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, if, if a goalkeeper's got a nickname of Calamity, that says a lot, surely. <laughs> but more than that, with, with James, I thought he... I've, I've had a really big rant on this podcast in the past about that supposed golden generation and how they couldn't perform because they had so many clicks in the, in the changing room. You know, Chelsea in one corner, United in the other, Liverpool in the other. And and, and I, it's so unprofessional that I think these players should be lambasted for the rest of their living days. Instead, that they, they are actually, you know, our supposed best pundits and kind of pontificate on the, on the uh, morality of the game, when in fact they let their country down by, because they couldn't simply chat to someone because they were a rival. Um, David James couldn't play football because he used to play video games a lot. It's... I mean, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm making light of it there, and I'm kind of, you know... 
it was we're talking about a, a year-long period where he was having problems on the pitch and he did identify the fact that he was addicted to you know video games but come on i mean how unprofessional is that i mean it's ridiculous um yeah david james for me um a, a very decent keeper on his day but would succumb to the most awful gaffes and far too many and yeah, the fact that he was the goalkeeper for a golden generation is somewhat of a joke for me. Um, let's move on to, or should we, at the end of each one, should we pick one to, to go into our actual uh, team? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, we should pick one, I reckon. I'm happy to drop James, because I think he was too good, to be honest, to be in this final 11. So it's down to Green or, who's your, sorry, Lloyd? Richard uh, Whiteback, right, he's right. had, he got four caps, so he doesn't he doesn't pass the the sniff test. Oh, okay. So we're looking at Rob Green as our keeper, right? Okay. And there was, and you did mention him too as well, Lloyd. So that kind of makes it right. Okay. Uh, so it's Rob Green as our goalkeeper as a right back. Ali, who was your right back? I, I've covered a fairly lazy one, uh, and it's Enzo Maitland Niles. Uh, <laughs> Who I mean, he's not a bad player. He's still around. He's doing. I can't remember where he is now. He's in Italy or something, is he? Um, but Lloyd, you probably know. Out. You're good at that stuff. Uh, but um, he's kind of he's managed to accumulate. I looked it up. I think mean, some like eight caps, despite playing right back in an era when England has got um, uh, Kyle Walker, Kieran Trippier, uh, Alexander uh, Trent, whatever he's called get his name wrong again um uh in aaron wan-bissaka you know like whatever england has got at the moment this this golden generation of right backs and somehow itland uh inslee maitland nile got in ahead of them uh, and i never quite worked it out so yeah i was struggling a bit for a really terrible right back and, and he probably doesn't deserve to be in this conversation but that's who i went with how the frick is he only 26 i know he's still 26 <laughs> um plays for does he play for yeah, I was going to say, I thought he played in France. Yeah. yeah, so he's had loads of loan spells from Arsenal and now he's a permanent move to Lyon, which is, how is he 26? Uh, Lloyd, you're right back, please. Yeah, so I feel quite strongly about this. Uh, so <laughs> not knowing the five-cap rule, for me the funniest was Carl Jenkinson, who played for yes. Arsenal oh, yeah. back in the day and was really, really shit. Uh and I can't really, he's actually someone that I can't believe did get an England cap. I think he only got one. But I would say from my memory growing up, um, when he played for England, it has to be Danny Mills. Um, yes. <laughs> Danny Mills is also an absolute knobhead. So that's <laughs> it. Uh, I have encountered him a couple of times. Um, once did uh, BBC Radio Manchester with him and he was not a great bloke um, <laughs> I'm aware that this is the Friday show so we'll be released to all uh, but um, uh, yeah oh, not this his, is match for title <laughs> not, not his biggest fan but also I did think in that era um, when he was playing you know having also had kind of Neville around at the same time um yeah, I just I thought I thought he was really poor whenever he played for England. Um, so for me, yeah, it has to be Danny Mills. Also, hated him when he was at City. So 
you know it, it mm. kind of ticks all boxes for me no I'm, I'm completely with you and kind of spoiler alert he's in the team <laughs> but i'm going for someone else it's not his fault this lad he, he got up i think about five or six caps um just in a period between gary neville and the abundance of really good right backs we have these days and it's luke young um just when i was thinking about kind of you know limited right backs I and mean, he was a good player Luke Young played for Villa I think he played for Charlton as well um, yeah he was quite good for Villa actually yeah but he, but he just for me wasn't England standard and I think he's brought in by Capello at a time when a lot of players were, were retiring as well around Capello's time I wonder why um, and so Luke Young ended up with five or six caps let's let's just say that they were deserved but he was never going to go on and, and establish himself in that position um but i am more than happy to to see to uh, danny mills making our worst 11 um left back ali uh who, who's your worst left back of all time in england I have gone for a controversial one here now. And if there's any uh, ageing Southampton fans or Ipswich fans of, of a certain age, you, you're going to hate me. Um, but I, I do have a story attached to this one. Um, when I was, <laughs> I'm just seeing who it is. <laughs> I know. When, when I was uh, about probably 10 years old, still at primary school, uh, I, my best mate, who I used to play football in the street with and, and talk about football, and, and my, my football buddy, uh, was a, a lad called Twiney. He lived over the road from me. And he was English and had moved up from South Coast, somewhere near Southampton. And he was a big Southampton fan. And the player he worshipped was uh, the great Mick Shannon who was, uh, for anyone uh, as young as Lloyd, Mick Shannon was an incredible striker, really one of those mercurial talents and, and a real 1970s icon. Uh, and he really was a, a player and a half. Um, and we were uh, playing with... Uh, in the school playgrounds or in the playing fields in, in something that was laughably called a, a gym class with a teacher who, in my memory, was standing there smoking a fag in a sheepskin jacket. And I don't think he actually was, but the story probably is more vividly accurate if you imagine like a primary school teacher smoking a fag and yelling at kids. Uh, and my mate Twiney uh, was going bearing down on goal. And as you do when you're 10 years old, you shout out the name of your favourite player. And he was going, and make Channon is through on goal and just at that point he kind of tripped over the ball and fell on his face in the mud and everybody burst out laughing and the teacher said Mick Channon that was more like Mick Mills and from that point onwards he became a, a kind of uh, a, a byword for a, an incompetent crap footballer which he absolutely didn't deserve because he was a I mean, he, he captained Ipswich to a UEFA Cup, I think, and like, you know, he, he was a highly accomplished player. But where, where Mick Channon was a, a tall and elegant mercurial talent, hmm. Mick Mills was this like pugnacious little goblin. Uh, he was one of those 1970s players who kind of, who turned 18 and hit 55, you know, had <laughs> <laughs> a gray moustache from the age of 18 <laughs> onward. Yeah. And he was always grumpy. And the only time I, I really watched him closely was in, in the kind of home internationals against Scotland uh, through the 1970s. Um, and when I went and looked up his, his stats, to be fair, he did. Co he played for England over about 12 years or something and mm. constantly kept getting dropped again and again and again. Anytime a better player came along, a manager would drop him and then somehow he'd end up back in the team again. So, yeah, uh, something of a, of a legend in a couple of clubs. Um but in my mind, he's, he's a byword for a terrible <laughs> England player. So just in order to relive that story, I had to I had to go for Mick Mills. 
Well, I, I love the story. I can't put Mick Mills into a and eleven. He was, I mean, only from childhood, I, I recall him being a stog Barton, and he's absolutely been loyal to that Tash as well. So he was just <laughs> recognition to that, for that alone. Um, I'm going to just quickly dive in and say, because mine's rubbish, really, and I, I think Lloyd, I've seen Lloyd, and Lloyd is going to get into the team, I think. So <laughs> I, I will quickly say Kieran Gibbs, because... There's nothing wrong with him in a, in a different context. He had a fine career. He had 137 appearances for Arsenal, but he just kind of epitomised that dearth of options at left back that England have had down the years. Um, you know, obviously some exceptions being kind of, you know, um, I can't remember, Ashley Cole, for example, but um, Kieran Gibbs wasn't an England player for me. And yet somehow he, he got a, a number of caps. Um, but, oh, actually, before I move on and get, get to Lloyd, Here's a little quiz question for you both. Kieran Gibbs broke his foot in 2009 in a Champions League game uh, by a really dangerous lunge by an up-and-coming young defender. Do you know who that was? Oh, 2009. Uh, how about somebody like Vincent Company? Uh, far less down the scale. <laughs> it was. Cholica? No, El- he wouldn't have been up-and-coming. Eloquim Mangala. In one, wow. of his, in one of his first professional games, broke Kieran Gibbs. <laughs> one of his first achievements. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, Lloyd, your selection goes in, and who is it, please? Sorry, Mangala's still one of the best debuts ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I struggled with this from a five-cap point of view because um, there were some that are really bad. So, like, Michael Ball, who used to play for City, had one cap. Mm-hmm. Um but the one that jumped out to my mind, but I've just checked, and he's not got the requisite number of caps. It's fine. And but he's done a bit of punditry recently, and it's one of those players where you're like, God, I kind of remember you, and I kind of recognise you, <laughs> but you were really bad. Uh, and he's occasionally on um, uh, Five Live because I think he's like a player manager now for, or like a coach for uh, one of the non-league teams, and he's gone from his old lid, which everyone will remember, to a really weird new haircut. Right. Uh, so it's Paul Koncheski, um, who I do remember being just a very average Premier League player, playing for quite a few clubs, um, but unfortunately only made two caps. So he was my, he was the one that really jumped out off the page to me. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I completely agree. He, he epitomises what this kind of worst of team is, really. A play where you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the centre-backs will do as a pairing. I mean, by all means, kind of break them down individually. But I'll come to you, Ali, for both of your centre-backs first, if that's okay. Yeah, go on. Uh, the first one uh, is actually, well, it's another one of those unfair ones, a perfectly decent player, just never quite seemed to belong at international level. Um, and I've gone for Tony Dorigo, uh, <laughs> who in the kind of late 80s, early 90s. The thing I like about him is that he wasn't English, he was Australian. Now, I, we all know how modern football works and international rules, and I've got nothing against like the, 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 the global diaspora choosing their team and, and playing for whoever they belong. But what I love about this is uh, he to get slagged off as an Aussie by his teammates to which he would reply say you're so shit you've got to pick an Australian to play (laughs) (laughs) fair play to the guy (laughs) so he's one of them and the other was a really easy and obvious choice for any City (laughs) fan uh, which is Joe Gomez Uh, God God 
bunch of caps for England. Uh, that he's a bloody great centre half who got beaten up by Raheem Sterling in a training. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that cannot happen. That can't happen. Uh, he's just he's really just not very good, is he? Uh, and he, he he's not even that great for Liverpool. Never mind for England. So yeah, he's quite an easy pick. Oh, that's the best quote of the other part, and, and, and it will remain so. He's just not very good, is he? <laughs> <laughs> um, Lloyd, I'm going to request, I'm going to go first, because I'm going to request that you check how many caps your choice has got. I've, I can't see more than two or three between No, no, I, 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 I know how many they have. And, oh, okay. Um, well, we'll come to you first. Potentially got some up the back pocket. Right, okay. <laughs> um, who are your choices? So, well, the the ones that I went because I just remember again, it's that like mid noughties era of just garbage. <laughs> yes. Um, post kind of like or in and around like England's like quote golden team. Um so it was that night from Fulham hmm. and Anthony Gard uh, Gardner from Spurs. Um now both only got one cap. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bit unfair. So I think if we're going five caps and above, the two obvious ones for me, and this is going to be a bit harsh because both actually got quite a few more than that, but I just remember, but I mean, both ones were a lot more recent, just not being very good. So the first one is Wes Brown. Okay. Um, actually, at United, obviously a decent player and won, you know, I don't even know how many titles he won, but I'm sure shitloads uh, just by the nature of being part of so many Ferguson teams. But when he played for England, sometimes played centre-half, sometimes played right-back. Um, I feel like he got in the England team because he played for United and he wasn't very good. Mm, there's a few like that, yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm sure that will happen with City, you know, down down the years from now if we continue to be as mm. good as we are, um, particularly once Pep goes. Um, so he was the one choice. And then my other one, I feel a bit harsh because I like this guy, but Connor Cody... Good, wow, player for, okay. good player for Wolves. Obviously, you know, captain there for a number of years. Has kind of jumped down the rung a bit now. He's, I think he's at Leicester. And, you know, decent pundit. Comes across like a good bloke. But, again, we've been p- picked in the last two tournament squads. But I just think there's quite a clear gap between, you know, even England centre-halves beyond Maguire and Stones and Cody. And I just never think he's looked comfortable at international level when he's played. So he would be my other choice, which I do think is harsh. I'm sure there are worse worse players than him. Mm. But no, uh, Connor Cody in 10 years' time is definitely a, a name where you go, oh, God, yeah. And what, he would have many caps. I, I, I do get that absolutely. Um, my choices are very much outliers. For the rest, I have stuck to the to the plan. But these two centre backs don't deserve to be in a worst England eleven by any stretch. One got seventy seven caps for goodness' sake. Is it Maguire? <laughs> no, no. He is he is Terry Butcher, uh, and it's oh not, wow. Well, it's not really Terry Butcher himself. He was a he was a fine kind of you know upstanding defender, and and you know he played World Cups and all the rest of it. It's more that head injury he got against Sweden. <laughs> he doesn't stop banging on about it. Oh, 
he doesn't shut the fuck up about it. He goes on about it all the time. He, go, he goes to like evenings and just talks about it to the audience and like basically like he is a, a lion, an actual lion. You're not. You just got a head injury and stupidly carried on and risked your health. Um, Steve, that's, that's an honest living in your jealousy. Excuse me, wish you could do that. Oh, yeah. I going around the country, going from Swindon to Doncaster to Rotherham, doing talks about it. Lloyd, yeah. When I was a kid, I ran into a, a, a gatepost, right? And my head was gushing blood. If I could go around in the, every evening and just talk about that, I would love that. I, I freely admit that would be a, a great living to have. But For £5,000 a night. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you ever shut up about that head injury, then... <laughs> And honestly, mate, I thought I would have been petty with McNeil. <laughs> I, I have to say, though, as well, that the fact that how he's kind of venerated for that does kind of, you know, uh, kind of symbolise why England have been lagging behind, not so much now, but for a good couple of decades, it is that kind of, you know, a celebration of kind of bravery over kind of te- technique and kind of beauty. And, and so he, rightly or wrongly, he kind of epitomizes that for me, Terry Butcher, the kind of getting stuck in and that kind of attitude will get you far. And yeah. The like uh, Brexit English, like yeah, attitude to football. Yeah. Terry Brexit Butcher. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, talking of politics, by the way, this other choice kind of is, is related really in a way. Um, Emily Hughes. So, a Tory, a Tory, and you know, openly, you know, he, he was kind of a, a, you know, he was a Tory. No problem with being a Tory. This isn't a political podcast. But I don't happen to. Can be I a just Tory. interrupt at this point? Say there's a big problem with being a Tory. If I don't care about it. <laughs> I, I, it's me who gets the messages. <laughs> So, any, I meant to say at the beginning, any complaints, our, our CEO is uh, Mr. Isan Naeem. You'll find his email online. Just uh, send any complaints to him. Yeah, I, lo- I love the confusion as he gets and not knowing what's going on. <laughs> um, so, I'm, I haven't chosen Emily Hughes because he's a Tory, and I haven't chosen him because he played for Liverpool, and I haven't chosen him because I never found him funny on a question of sport, and he kind of gave me the creeps a bit on question of sport. Um, although those reasons are valid, I would say. I chose him because I couldn't pronounce his name as a kid and I, I couldn't say Hughes, I say Fuse and my older sister and her mates would say, go on, say it, say it and then I'd say Emlyn Fuse and then it would just collapse with like hysterics and this was like, I was a bit too old really, you know what I mean? For, I, I fancied my old sister's mate, so I must have been of a certain age, you know what I mean? I must have been six <laughs> or seven, maybe. And to see her, just... And she did that. She was a model. She grew up to be a model. She went went off down to London and became a... You know, she was fit. And uh, to see her just kind of on a beanbag, in hysterics at me, not able to pronounce Emily Hughes, it's left an indelible kind of bruise upon my psyche. So... <laughs> Evelyn, I'm sorry, and and God rest your soul. I know you passed away a few years ago, and nothing against you as a footballer. You were a fine footballer. Uh, what was it? What was his nickname? The Galloping Horse or something? Horse, crazy horse, was it? Um, but anyway, he doesn't deserve to be in this list. But I've I've chosen him regardless. Um, okay, we need to nail down the centre back pairings. I would I would say one each from the two of you. My choices would be Wes Brown and Joe Gomez. Would he review? I, I, I give serious consideration to Wes Brown as well, so I would happily go with okay. that one, yeah. Wonderful. And 
Joe Gomez is harsh, I think. Gomez is quite good. Look, our man here just put uh, Terry Butcher and Emily Hughes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Steve's just being bitter, though. Not anymore. One about his childhood and one about his Welsh. Yeah. They, they were outliers. I am now, honestly, I'm back on track now, I promise you. With my, my next choice could not be more perfect, frankly. Um, okay, but I'm coming to you first, Ali. Shall we do... Should we do the midfield two? Uh, are we going four four two? By the way, can I just say to do a worst ever England eleven, it has to be four four two. You can't play. You can't play four four three. Four three three. You can't play four two three one. It has to be four four two. I set mine up in some kind of funky pep formation. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. So the two centre midfielders for you, Ali. Uh, I have gone first. Well, actually, one uh, one really quite uh likable bloke that i've got absolutely nothing against whatsoever but but mm. quite a terrible footballer and the other like another pugnacious little troll who i've put in just purely out of spite and 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 petty resentment uh, and they are in turn carlton palmer and david batty what a midfield what a midfield. Oh. Carlton Palmer. Uh, they used to call him Carlton the doorman because he let let everything through uh, that was the joke <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what, was it was it uh, uh oh what what was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air or something that Car- Carlton the doorman was a character? Oh yes, of course, yeah, he's, he's a butler, like that, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a, um, but anyway, uh, Carlton Palmer just uh, one of those people just like promoted well above his abilities. And he, I think he went to he went to the Euros with England in ninety six, would it have been? Uh, and no one ever quite understood why. And David Batty, just another one of those like really annoying little little England footballers that that you just. You have to put them in this list just because of his face. <laughs> Again, yeah, he was very England, wasn't he, Patty? Very, very <laughs> England. It was kind of and, and celebrated for it, you know what I mean? The hard man and all yeah. of it. Yeah, it's a great shout. I was just saying about Colin Palmer, by the way. He was signed by Dave Jones at Southampton for a million quid. And just a few weeks later, Dave Jones said, Yes, he covers every blade of grass, but that's only because his first touch is so crap. <laughs> <laughs> what is the own manager talking about him? <laughs> wow. Um, Lloyd, who is your midfield too? So, when I was growing up, Colton Palmer was like revered as the worst ever England player mm-hmm. um, amongst like, you know, my dad's mates or, you know, who, just people you talk to about England. So, I feel like he has to go in. Other than that, I think you've just got, you've got so many options. Um, Unfortunately, some of these just fall below the five cap threshold, but they've got they've got to get mentioned. So, Danny Drinkwater, obviously amazing season at Leicester, but total career collapse after that. Three caps. Jack Rodwell of you know of our parish. Uh, I mean, just a mind-boggling career, really. Um, I think you know. One good season at Everton, one good season kind of at City. But other than that, you know, not really not really anything. Um three caps as well. But I think for me it's a it's a straight shootout between um Livermore, who got God, seven I caps. I forgot about him. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about him. Who who actually played quite recently. Uh I think he played as recently as twenty fifteen. Jesus. Um 
Yeah, just a very average Even he player. had forgotten that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> very average player. Jumped around from like Hull to West Brom to, you know, your proper like bottom of Prem, top of championship, like shouldn't be in an England team level. And then the other one, and this is probably slight blue bias because I do think Livermore's the worst player. And because he was actually quite, he was bi- he was quite pivotal to the England team of his age. Played the number 10 a bit. Tom Cleverley. Who's right. got? Who I think's got twenty England caps. Um, so I think for me it has to be Palmer and Livermore, but I think I just wanted to give those others a mention. Well, I have also gone for Tom Cleverley, um, because like Wes Brown, he kind of you know he was he had that United syndrome, didn't he? Where a couple of appearances in in red, and then that was it. He was kind of fast tracked to the international setup. Um, Thirteen caps over two years, and all were in his very early days at Old Trafford until people realised he's not so cleverly. Uh, he's just a mid-table, average top-flight player for me, and so I went for cleverly. I've also gone for Steve Stone, who I quite liked as a player, <laughs> I have to say, but he just. I'm really surprised to discover that he made three substitute appearances at Euro 96. Um, Ian Wright never came on as a sub at Euro 96. I mean, Venables basically just <laughs> kept to that strongest 11, but Steve Stone made three appearances. He's just, there's nothing to really say about Steve Stone, which is kind of precisely the point. He was just a limited player for me. Um, did all right. Well, he was a good player at Forest, but uh, England, no, not for me. Um, this is a tricky one to put in this. So you think, Lloyd, it should be in our final 11, Colin Palmer and Jake Livermore? Yeah, for, for me, yeah. Ali, who would you uh, pick for the for the final two? I, like Much as I uh, I would love to go on petty grudges and spite, I have to admit <laughs> Livermore was a much worse player than David Batty. So yeah. I, Livermore. I, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm definitely agreeing with Livermore because I still don't know. Is this, was it Jake? It was Jake, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Jake Livermore, yeah. I still don't fully know, yeah, his first name. So, yeah, Livermore gets in for me. Um, <laughs> okay, right, we're at wingers. Um, uh, let's have both, but kind of obviously individually. So, um, Ali, your two wingers? Or yeah, midfielders, yeah. wide midfielders? Wide midfielders. Uh, two that, I've, again, I've got absolutely nothing against these guys. I'm not really much to say about them. But just when you're looking at the list of players that have had you know five or more England caps and you think, how the hell did you make it? <laughs> so on one side, I have got the, uh, the distinctly forgettable David Bentley. And on the other side, I've got the equally forgettable John Solaco. And I Solaco's really got... a great choice. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought you could say a great player. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I've completely <laughs> forgot about him. Yeah, I mean, just a bit like a bit like Lloyd was saying a moment ago about uh, Livermore. Just kind of at a, a lower reaches of the Premier League, yeah. upper leagues yeah. of the Championship kind of level player. Uh, one of those players that would have a really good season at a, a relegation threatened club, and then somehow get a, a call up to the England team. But I, I, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but I, I know he was he was comfortably above five caps, and I've no idea how that happened. Great choices, both. Um... Lloyd, uh, you've also gone for Bentley, am I right in saying that? Seven caps, Bentley. Okay. Um, so passes the sniff test. Um, yeah, I think just really poor. Uh, great goal uh, against, was it Arsenal? Basically, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that volley was That was amazing. Yeah, but yeah. really, really not at the required level for England. Um my left winger, I, I kind of kept in my back pocket and I don't know why. Um, hmm. Again, 
the United-itis is coming out, but it has to be for me on the left wing if we're having David Burnley on the right wing. Kieran Richardson. Yeah, I nearly went for him. I, he, he was in him and I dropped him. He, last was, he was bad. Uh, <laughs> he also played left left back a lot for when he moved to Sunderland, but... Mm. Yeah, not 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 a quality player, and not not good enough to play for England. I didn't think um, no kind of guile, quite up and down, and by all accounts, um, not a good bloke. So that definitely. Oh really? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, on that note, then I should I should add, and, and I'm kind of speaking at school here, but I interviewed David Bentley, and um, this was during the pandemic, and he was in Spain, and he owned uh, a couple of bars in Spain, and I asked him how things were going. I said, "Are oh, you struggling out there at the moment with a pandemic?" He's like, "No, no, no. All these businesses we're going bust, so we're just buying them up. It's great." It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I put him in my team now. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's put Bentley in. So Bentley's in. Uh, I haven't even got to my choices yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think my two are getting in anyway. Um, one possibly deserves it. One was possibly too good. The one who's possibly too good was Stuart Downing. Um, he just came to mind because I just never really rated him as a player. He, he was average, wasn't he? He was yeah, just average. He wasn't impactful, was he? He didn't really, you know, if he came on as a sub, for example, for England, you, you didn't think, oh, England are going to kind of pick it up a bit now. You know, he, he just wasn't that kind of player. Um, he'd always put in like six, seven out of ten performances. He shouldn't have gone to Liverpool. He wasn't good enough for Liverpool. So on that kind of you know, using that bar, he certainly wasn't good enough for England for me personally. Andy Sinton, I've gone for my other guy. Um, not even a winger, just kind of a left midfielder back in the day when there were such things as left midfielders. Um, I looked at his Wikipedia page and I nearly fell asleep. And for a, wi- <laughs> for, for a winger, that's criminal, isn't it? You know, he played for a long time, nearly two decades. And he's had, I think he's won one League Cup with Spurs. And uh, like a player of the year at, at some kind of club, he, you know, when he was up and coming. And that was it. Uh, it was, yeah, there was nothing to kind of... And he won four more England caps than Matt Letizia, who essentially could have played in his role. So, yeah, Andy Sinton for me. But, no, I don't think Downing and Sinton should get in there. I think this... Well, we've got Bentley. So who are we left with now? We are left with Richardson. Uh, Ali, your choices were... Let me check... So it's Salako. So it's Salako or Richardson. Um, well, just just because of the United uh, connection, I'm more than happy to go with Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> this is turning into a bitter blue team. <laughs> <laughs> Did I'm we sh- ever expect anything yeah, else? I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> right then, the forwards, the centre forwards, back in the day when they were centre forwards as well. Not No <laughs> false nines here. Um, Ali, who are your two bruisers up front? <laughs> Two bruisers up front. Uh, okay, uh, talking of United connections. Um, one, one just again, mostly just I really didn't like his face. I was like, God, <laughs> the, the German word. I, I don't speak German, but I think there's a word in German is like a, a face that's in need of a punch. Nice. Uh, and and the the living personification of that, Alan Smith. Um, <laughs> like how how he I mean he, he made a career for himself. You look at his numbers. He actually have. I happen to have his Wikipedia page was the last one I opened and I'm finding it. Um, between 1998 and 2004 for Leeds United, played 172 times and scored 38 goals, which uh, is less than one in four. Uh, and then Manchester United, 61 appearances, seven goals. Um, oh, 
getting down towards one in ten. Now, sometimes he was playing a bit further back, but fundamentally he was a forward, he was a striker. Uh, he was not very good. Um, he had a really annoying face. I'm quite sure if he wasn't white and blonde, he wouldn't have done nearly as well at, the, at England level anyway. Um, and there was kind of... There was something about him that like, I always found incredibly uh, 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 aggravating. Yeah. Um, and apart from anything else, the, the fact that he was a Leeds United legend who went to Manchester United. Now, I, I carry no torch for either of those, but I do know what the, uh, the, the loyalties involved are. And anyone who makes a switch like that has got something like quite dark in their deep in their soul uh so yeah alan smith is my first choice and the other one finally my 11th choice for my team uh first time i've gone for an uh, uh well-established manchester city i'm so player. glad you have Can I just interject quickly and say that this is also one of my choices <laughs> and i was genuinely a bit worried about putting this guy in i'm so. gonna get the flack and not <laughs> yeah. you i'm gonna say the name first the name is darius Vassell. Um, and in my in my defence or our defence, he was a City player for a long time, played a lot of games, but it was mainly through that Stuart Pearce uh, tenure where he went long stretches where he really didn't deserve a, a spot in the City team, never mind the England team. Um, and I will say, like, I, at the very least, I did check he wasn't playing for City when he was selected for England. Uh, but he was just, he was nothing against a guy, I'm sure he's a very nice lad, uh, but he was never international quality striker. Um, and I cannot believe there were not more comp. Uh, competent and capable strikers yeah. around at the time he was playing. Uh, so sorry, mate, but Darius Vassell is my uh, centre forward. A goal every six games throughout his career. <laughs> I mean, centre backs can top oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's good, is it? No, no. What was uh, the pen? What was the pen he missed for England? He missed a massive pen. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember the actual pen. I can't remember who it was against. I remember where he. Put I think it. he got us knocked out of his tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe was it two thousand and two. I mean, for me, Darius Vassell was a willing runner and, you know, he always put in 100%. Mm. And, and for that, City fans liked him and, you know, he, was in, he endeared himself to City faithful for that. But he just wasn't good enough. And he and, and going back to actually Stuart Downing, he wasn't impactful. He never really made a difference. Um, so I agree with Vassell. Um, Lloyd, who's your two centre-forwards? So... I think, again, there are some one-cap wonders you just have to mention. So I think for me, probably, arguably, I would say the worst player on this list is only got one cap in 2010. I remember it. It was against Spain. Uh, sorry, against Spain, against France. Jay Boffroyd. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, Jay Boffroyd played for Cardiff in the championship and he came on against France. I remember it. I was like, this is the pits, lads. Like, this is the pits. Um, he was just, you know, I mean, I don't think I even need to explain. You know, Jay Boffroyd, thank you. Um, David Nugent, funny, mainly because he scored on his debut. I think he only made one cap and never played again, which is a bit tight. And it was his goal was a bit like Harlan's second one at the weekend. He kind of burgled it over the line mm. uh, with his arse. Um, and then... One that I remember from when I was younger, Ricketts, when he Michael played at Ricketts. Bolton, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. again one cap. He was he was not very good and jump. If you look at his career span, he jumped around ridiculously. In fact, I've, I think I've got it here. He went Warsaw to Bolton to Middlesbrough to Leeds to Stoke 
Cardiff, Burnley, Southend, Preston, Oldham, Walsall, Walsall, Tranmere. <laughs> Everybody's talking about pop music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Well, so I think, yeah, I think they all don't qualify because one cap, but I mean, that that kind of career should not get you any England caps, never mind one. So <laughs> I think if we're going for the rule, the obvious ones to me were Carlton Cole, Mm. Um, who only ever made sub-appearances for England. So he made seven caps, but all off the bench, which is quite a weird situation. Because, you know, usually when when someone comes in and they, they kind of never, they, they often get given like a start, don't they? Or, you know, they, the manager tries to integrate them somehow. But seven, seven sub-appearances, I think, says it all. Um, and then the other one for me, which is a bit tight, a really good Premier League player, Andy Johnson. Um <laughs> Yeah, I always rated him at club level. Really yeah, rated same. him. Yeah. But another one who I just don't think kind of cut the mustard when he mm. came up to England. Um, I was toying with the idea of Andy Carroll just because he, he works for like the Brexit 442, big man. <laughs> um, but actually, he, he had a few good performances for England, to be fair. He scored that really good goal with, with his head against Sweden um, in was it the Euros or the World Cup. Um so, yeah, I'm discounting him. I'm going with Andy Johnson and Colin Cole. Okay. Big man, small man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, it's, it's it actually not a bad partnership. <laughs> um, I've also gone for Andreas Fassell, and I've also gone for Ricky Lambert, and um, 11 caps for England. In fact, nothing. Oh, wow. I thought he'd have under five. That's no, I mean, I, nothing. I gave him a lot of thought to yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, not many people give Ricky Lambert a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Including Ricky Lambert, just to be be clear. The beauty of this podcast. And, you know, nothing kind of screams what we're getting at today more than the fact that Ricky Lambert got 11 caps for England for me. Um, When I looked into him, um, he went to the 2014 World Cup. Now, I implore anyone to go on Wikipedia, 2014 World Cup squads, and check out England's. It was it was awful. I mean, you've got Gerard Lampard and I believe Ferdinand maybe in there and maybe one other and Michael Owen, let's say. And then you have just got 18 very, very mediocre in-between Premier League championship level footballers. It's awful. No wonder they didn't do, do any good there. Um, so Ricky Lambert is my choice. Um, he just... I mean, I remember him coming up through the ranks, and God bless him. I mean, that's one hell of an achievement what he did, but uh, he, he just wasn't England's standard, I don't think. Um, all right, who are we going to go for then? Carlton Cole, Ricky Lambert, Vassell, uh, or Alan Smith? Uh, Lloyd, who should be the final two for you? And Andy Johnson. Um, I Andy would go... Johnson. I mean, Carlton Cole's the one I feel most strongly about, so I'd put him forward, but I'd, I defer to, to you two on the others. Uh, Ali, who would your final two I'll be? Let, I would be happy to go with Carlton Cole and, and Darius Vassell. I, I'm aware we've now got two Carltons in the yeah. team. This is a bit, a bit, a bit freaky. Big man, small man as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the final 11. Oh, and we should absolutely say the worst ever England manager. Um, oh, this is actually quite tough, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't even put any thought into this. I'm going for Roy Hodgson for being aghast and affronted at having to give a press conference when he left his job. Um, the arrogance of that man was just astounding. So I'm going for Roy Hodgson. Uh, Ali, your worst ever England manager? Uh, you've got to be of an age to realise just how bad Ron Greenwood was. Uh, <laughs> I love it. 
the, well, the, was the, he bad? I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it, uh, basically the underachievement through the right. late 70s and early 80s uh, was just absolutely humiliating. Um, and he had, a, I mean, I, I wasn't following England that closely, being being not English at the time, um, but he, he really did have uh, the uh, ability to, yeah. to inspire apathy. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but he had good, good players as well, didn't he? Brooking, Keegan. He did, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, massively and, underachieved. Yeah. Okay, uh, Greenwood or Hodgson. I should have put Graham Taylor in there, I don't know, but I, I, I really There's like There's some so many to We haven't even talked about yeah. Steve McLaren. And yeah, oh, God, yes. Uh, McLaren, that's, McLaren would be mine. McLaren. Of the more modern era. Oh, let's have McLaren. How can we not have McLaren? <laughs> <laughs> Just for the brawly alone. Um, so, in a team managed by Steve McLaren, going, going to the 2024 Euros, we have <laughs> Rob Green in goal, Danny Mills at right back, Koncheski at left back, Wes Brown and Joe Gomez at centre back. Oh, Christ, this is, I'm losing the will to live, we're going to say. <laughs> Jake, we think Livermore <laughs> and Colin Palmer in midfield. David Bentley on the right, Kieran Ritson on the left, Carton Cole up front with Darius Vassell whizzing about around him. That is one awful football side. We've done well. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you think of that, Lloyd? Could 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 they get out of the group? Um, no, unless. <laughs> Unless, like, the Faroe Islands qualified and <laughs> it was a real bottom-feeding affair. No, that's oh, that's not good. Do you know what? Above anything, I think what what defines that team is just a lack of technical ability. Mm. Um, there are just no kind of technical footballs in there, are there? That's a good point. Yeah, that is, yeah, I'm actually going through it now. That is a good point. I should say as well, uh, at this juncture, because I'm sure there's, you know, lots of English listeners listening to this and, and taking umbrage a, a kind of a Scotsman and a Welshman kind of me and Ali are perfectly happy to admit that this side that we've just read out we'd be very happy with I I have absolutely no doubt that the team we have just named would still be pretty much any Scotland <laughs> yes. team or for that matter most Wales teams over the last 30 years yeah. yes if we beat that team we'd be celebrating for decades <laughs> There'll be pubs named after it and everything. And uh, <laughs> um, Ali, what do you think of the uh, the eleven we've chose? Uh, I'm 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 just uh, well, I don't know. Uh, it, it's I, I feel guilty. That, I think that's the the the, the um, emotion that I'm wrestling with here. Uh, it's so much easier. I, w- I will say we've done this kind of pod on so many occasions. It's so much easier to pick good players than it is to pick bad players because it does feel like you're having yeah. to be really. Uh, deliberately mean um, but yeah that team really does stink and <laughs> um, before we go today um, we've had a succession of City injuries of late um, and over an international break that is a concern for you Lloyd well yeah I mean I think it's also given the fixtures we've got coming up so yes. we've got yeah, yeah. I think our next three in the league are Liverpool at, at home Spurs at home and then Villa away Um that's, you know, I'd say they're three of the hardest games possible in the Premier League at the moment as opponents. I mean, Spurs, a little bit less so, given, you know, what happened against Chelsea and the injuries. But, um, yeah, a bit concerning. I mean, so, well, Rodri didn't play yesterday for Spain because the manager said he's, he's got a knock. Um, mm, he said he felt something, didn't he? So that doesn't sound particularly serious, thankfully. 
No, it doesn't, but it's also not great. No, no, um, uh, Haaland got an injury uh, playing for Norway last night. Um, we've got Kovacic. There, there's rumours of like a season-ending injury. Uh, mainly, I think, off the back of Gvardiol's Instagram posts being like, we're all with you, bro, or something like something along those lines. Um, who am I missing? There's a, there's a, there's a few more. Isn't Nunes pulled out of the Portugal squad. Um, help me out here. There's there's like there's three or four more, isn't there? I I'm no no I'm not sure. Is there anyone else? I I, 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 I've been hiding in the city news all this week. So you're <laughs> me guys, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think there's a few I, more. Uh, yeah, so. Obviously, Stones is out. Um, Ake pulled out of the uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holland Sorry. squad. Yeah, yeah. And Edison pulled out of the Brazil squad with an injury as well. I, I am beginning to wonder if Pep sent him, sent him all the way with instructions to like yeah. uh, develop a little sore knee uh, before you before you play too much. I the the Edison one, I, 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 we saw it in real time, didn't we? You know, that's not he, he would have had to come off. It was serious, and um, I don't think there's going to be a, overly a problem there. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Kovacic one is a worry, uh, as you said, over the Instagram post. Um, but it's it's. It, it's a muscle injury. It can't. It just can't be a long term problem. But we don't know, do we? So, um, yeah, these yeah, are the it, concerns. It seems it, it seems weird. I think City announced it as a muscle injury. So, muscle injury and season ending injury don't really go together no. um, unless you have like snapped your hamstring completely off the bone and you need surgery. A bit like Kev. Um, then. Otherwise, I'm struggling to think of, a, of like a genuine muscle injury where you could be out for like six, seven months. So let's see. There was, I, I think it's important to point out that as soon as Kovacic signed, within after the first game, there was a there was a st- identical rumor that he was out for the season. And I remember Simon Bajakowski at the um, MEN quickly tweeting that it was nonsense. So hopefully mm. he does the same thing, bit of public service. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see how we go and of course we will have better news in, in terms of you know more better information um, going into post this weekend um, so all our pods next week will have kind of you know we'll be better informed won't we right now we're kind of scratching under the dark which is precisely where the concern come, kicks in isn't it kind of you know the ignorance of it and not really knowing how bad or severe these injuries are Um Turning our attention very quickly before we finish today to the international scene and it's an international break. Uh, Ali, I just want to come to you on uh, Scotland and then I'll come to you, Lloyd, on England, uh, even though you're a Welshman. Uh, (laughs) um, Ali, Scotland, good result last night away at Georgia. Uh, Norway on Monday, I think, or it might be Sunday. Sunday, I think. Sunday. How good is it? How what a lovely feeling it is to go into these games and you've, you've job done. It is great, actually, and, and considering we had uh, a, a ton of injury problems, I mean, we we went into the game last night uh, without uh, Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney, uh, Aaron Hickey, uh, Angus Gunn, a uh, couple others I can't even remember, and, and uh, I was you know fully braced to lose it two or three nil, and I was expecting we would, and we went behind, uh, and and a two two result at the end of it was really impressive against actually what's a very good Georgia team, uh, so that was great, and and we can we can uh, go into the Norway team with only Oscar Bob to worry about, and hopefully Alan <laughs> has got enough of an injury that will keep him out for about four days, but yes. not enough to to keep him out for nine. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just, it will be a fantastic celebration against Norway on, on Sunday. I'm sure it's Sunday. Um, and, uh, it, actually, genuinely, yes, it'll, it it'll be a pity if, if Holland isn't playing because that, that would have kind of been the icing in the cake, I think, to have one of the, the, you know, world's greatest players there on the pitch while we celebrate the end of what's been an absolutely astonishing qualifying campaign. Mm. And, and yeah, bring on the tournament. Absolutely. I mean, we've done exceptionally. We've just done brilliantly. Really have. Um, England, oh, nailed it. Yeah. Uh, England have done well as well. I know there's, you know, Southgate kind of rubs people up the wrong way, but England have, we couldn't have done any more, really. Uh, and tonight they've got Malta Lloyd um, to, to guarantee top spot. Um, and I've got two bites at the cherry, of course, got North Macedonia, but you'd suspect that Southgate just wants to get the job done tonight. Nice, easy, comfortable win over Malta, top the group, all done, and then he can maybe, you know, look at the periphery of his squad. Um, Rico Lewis in the likings, North Macedonia. Yeah, although the, the stories this morning about the England team is going to play tonight are, it's not pretty experimental. Um, so the midfield is set to be, uh, according to, Sammy Macabell at the um, at the mail. It's meant to be Gallagher, Trent, and Henderson. I thought you'd go Trent, you know, fucking Henderson. Jesus Christ, oh, the old general. Um, so yeah, that's quite that's quite an experiment on midfield. Mark Gay is going to start again, which I'm yes. <clears throat> really happy with because I think for me he should actually be starting ahead of Harry Maguire um, now alongside uh, alongside Stones. But yeah, I mean. To be fair to Southgate, who gets a lot of stick, I mean, I think it is testament to what he's done with England over these years that tonight's game against Malta is sold out at Wembley uh, for what is a... I mean, it's basically a dead rubber. I know that England still needs to top the group, but they've qualified. um, They're going to finish top of the group anyway. It's it's basically a formality. Um, You know, over the last kind of like 20 years... I would say most of the time this kind of game would not get sold out. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to see Lewis, Palmer. Um, I think those two in particular, um, they really could make a dent on the actual tournament squad in the summer. I think mm, if I they think continue so. to to play, just because they're both playing in positions where England are a little bit weak, particularly because Palmer's played centrally a lot for Chelsea. And obviously... I think England's gaping hole in the team at the moment is that third midfielder alongside Declan Rice and and Jude Bellingham that if Rico could make a bit of an impression and continue to play for City, whilst he's, I, I think Southgate would be concerned he's a, probably a bit lightweight maybe for you know certain international games. If you surround him with the guys that England do have, I, I think he could make a real difference in that in that position. So. Yeah, it'd be, it would be great to see those. And actually, even though Palmer's gone to Chelsea, it's a real like nod to City's academy, isn't it? Um, two more players coming through mm. and representing the the full um, England men's team. So, yeah, there's a few interesting things. But I mean, I expect even with that team against Malta, they will. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll win by at least a couple. You'd think so. I mean, the last two times they've played him in recent times has been 4 0, and, and I'm, I'm thinking 4 0 again. I'm thinking a routine victory. Um, but yeah, England have done very well in this qualifying. Scotland have done exceptional, really have. Um, big games for Wales coming up as well. Lads, I think we've covered an awful lot of ground today and we have selected the worst ever England 11. Um, thank you for helping me in that regard, Lloyd. No, pleasure. I I enjoyed racking the brain of all the dross. <laughs> uh, thanks, Ali. 
Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. What a great way to begin our Friday. Absolutely. And thanks, everyone. Hope, hope you enjoyed listening to that. And hopefully no offence was taken from English listeners. No, no. Hopefully some offence was taken. If no offence was taken, then we'd feel <laughs> Okay. Just a little, yeah. <laughs> Just enough offence where you forget it as soon as you turn this podcast <laughs> yeah. off. That would be great. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, as always. And please check out the rest of the great content on the 9320 platform. Uh, in the meantime, be well, be safe, and forever up the Blues and Wales.